0: episode of the Drunken Taoist podcast brought to you by our friends at audible.com show your support for your favorite podcast and get yourself a free 30-day trial by going to audible.com forward slash Taoist t-a-o-i-s-t
1: beautiful fuck pain fuck heartbreak i'm still in love with life
0: From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again with a return visit from our friend and fan favorite Duncan Trussell as he prepares to make his move to New York. As you can imagine, much will be discussed including, if you want a skill, you have to put in the time black belts, and internet surfing. Binary logic oversimplifies everything. Blind primordial fish, discipline, and the best way to be wrong. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, the savage philosopher, and middle figure of the gods, Daniele Valelli as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 104 of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Today, a return visitor. One of uh, our audience favorites. Who doesn't like Duncan Trussell? I don't know. If you don't, you got you to gotta screw loose somewhere there, buddy. Yeah.
1: Uh, maybe Duncan doesn't like Duncan Trussell. Occasionally, he has his moments of harsh self-criticism. No, and you guys get into that. I thought that
0: was pretty funny how he's very much, I've got the greatest idea, man.
1: And then it's like, oh, it didn't really work out. Oh, yeah, that. You know, it's funny. I don't remember a damn thing about this conversation, so I'm actually going to listen to it, being surprised by it. you like is, it, man. Because it's from about, what is it, a month ago, two months ago, something like that. Well, we need to get a calendar so out and figure
0: uh, out what the day, because you gave him three months to survive New York. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I think you might be right. I don't yeah. It's nah. Not stay, but especially once it gets to be like May and it starts getting warm. And yeah. It, yeah, yeah. New York's great when it's cool, but when it smells like a dumpster, not my idea. I would,
1: yeah, not my thing.
0: I, I, you know what it is? Is I don't
1: like cities for one, and if I have to be in a city, I don't want to be in a city that reminds me of Europe to some degree, and New York does in just some just So ways. built up and on top yeah. of itself, and so because if I want that, I stay in Europe. You know, I don't. <laughs> I want something different, which is. That's why. But, you know, to
0: each their own. Well, let's get to that pretty quickly. But before we get to Duncan, we got to mention our friends Audible are back again. Yep. And I know that I've said in the past that – uh I would never be quite the book listener. I do it all the time now. Are you? I'm addicted. You're listening to books a lot. Oh, my God. And buying a lot of them. I think even uh, Dan Carlin has mentioned that it might be a trick because I end up buying more and more books. (laughs) (laughs) That that wasn't a part of the deal.
1: How about we trade? So in the intro, you'll give your book recommendation to our listeners. If anybody wants to try Audible, there is uh, what's the code for us?
0: It's pretty easy. You can go straight to audible.com forward slash daoist, T A O I S T, and that is our little you know gives us some recognition that you guys came through for us. And then you can pick a book for free, and you can try audible. You can try any one of the books out for thirty day trial. That's, mean, that's a hell of a good deal, right there. Yeah, and it's a lot of great books. I mean, the one I'm, I'm not going to talk about anymore after today, but this Trevor Noah book really changed so, my mind. He's the cool. guy who does the Daily Show. Yeah. And uh, growing up in South Africa as a colored guy, so uh-huh. his mom was black, his dad was white, and he was colored, and none of them could hang out together. Under, wow. Yeah. It was like nine but years he, before Mandela got out of jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got worse after that. Right. Because they had programmed the society to not succeed, and it yeah. didn't. And the fact that they made it out through that. What's the title of the book? Uh, Born a Crime. Cool. So, it's on Audible. People can check it out. Awesome. and it's great because he's the author and he's reading it and he also knows all those Afrikaans languages and, you know, it's just fascinating. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. uh,
1: Those would be perfect for Audible. A whole uh, book written in the Kong language.
0: Well, it's funny. I I got a copy of the regular paper book for my daughter and then when we looked and those were all written in there, I was like, well... What the hell? You got to listen to it. Just yeah, yeah, to course, hear. Of course. Plus and then the you're like, wow, kid, that guy uh, speaks five languages. So That's awesome. Well, I'll keep my book recommendations for the outro. Excellent. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com forward slash Taoist. T-A-O-I-S-T.
1: So we shall do that. We should also say thank you to our other sponsors. Absolutely. Datsusara, Datsusara is a new thing I badly wanted. They made the uh, hemp wallet. I want it.
0: Yeah, it I needs want it to. Too. be
1: mine. My wallet is already falling to pieces and stuff, so I want my hemp wallet. Uh, if you guys need a wallet, check it out. Um, good stuff as usual from Datsusara as well as all the regular bags, backpacks, and everything else. Also good stuff from Onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com. Um, what did they get lately? If you are into working out, you need, uh, weights. Uh, they started these superhero plates. They have like the captain American shield, oh, as, that's cool. uh, your 45 pounds, uh, weight, bar. <laughs> it's awesome. They are constantly coming up with new stuff, but that one caught my eye. Cause that was brilliant. I dig it a lot.
0: I'm hooked to the Himalayan pink salt.
1: I'd like that too. Yeah. In the food department, I'm a big fan of some of their protein bars. They are, um, also the, the bison bars awesome stuff so check out on it as well and of course uh check out our good friends short sure design t-shirts not only because they they are the ones who made our t-shirts which if you guys want to buy it's always appreciated <laughs> but also they uh, the, their range their artwork their original stuff is amazing it feels beautiful so all the good stuff having said all that let's get down to chatting with duncan Let
2: me put this in airplane mode. All right, there we go. Off the grid. Now we can speak freely.
1: We can speak freely. Mr. Duncan Trussell. thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for having me. <laughs> Duncan's fierce
1: dog. Fox. And, uh, how do you spell that one?
2: For- F-O-X. Okay,
1: nice. I understood that. Fox. I was yeah. like,
2: oh, what was that? What fox. Was-? F-O-X. Okay. Now like Guy Fox.
1: Good to know. Or F-U-C-K-S. No. That was, I thought he was more along those lines. Just a
2: Fox. I gotcha. didn't name him. I rescued him and he came with that name.
1: That works. How long ago?
2: God, four years? Serious. Three wow. years?
1: He's the poor dog who escaped being shot at when we were looking for a target for bows and arrows. Uh, and, uh,
2: yeah, well, he, he was in a shelter for like seven months. He, oh, he got fact. stuck in a no kill shelter. Well,
1: better than the alternative. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but. Cool, man so what the fuck you're
2: going to new york yeah going to new york oh why what's up well the idea has a lot of different levels to uh-huh. it i don't even understand it completely <laughs> i would be surprised if you do <laughs> <laughs> but these things like having to have a, 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 a reason like oh here's the definite reason i'm doing right. it could end up causing you to miss the real reason that you're doing it or even worse Causing you to imagine that you're doing something that you're not really doing.
1: That's not the actual. You know, I've always found it, I always found your reasoning about everything highly entertaining. Because on a fairly regular basis, there will be something that excites you, that you will be like, this is it, man. We're yeah. doing it. This is amazing. This yeah. is a, and on a fairly regular basis, usually the next time I see you, we're like, so what about that? It's like, no, no. But not about it. it
2: longer. It's not it. It's a trap. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad idea. We're not doing it. It was right? just a trap. Right. This is the... So I just did a podcast and I don't know if this ever happens to you, but you stop recording and that's when the real podcast starts. Oh, or you, Yeah. But this is, uh, like I, I was telling you earlier, before we were recording, this is with... David Nickturn, who is Chokyam Trumpa's student. And so we're talking about the idea of the Buddhist wheel of life, Uh which I'm sure you've seen. It's the mandala that has the demon that represents impermanence grasping the perimeter. That fucking demon. Uh, I
1: have issues with that
2: demon. Yeah, well, I mean, but it's also an angel in a lot of ways. But the... um, So... We're talking just about how if you have form, if you exist because of any causes or conditions, then you are not going to last. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a human, a god, a ghost, whatever it may be, a mountain. Right. Yeah. So I said to him, you know what though? I think I've had an experience of something permanent. Hmm. And he was like, oh, cool, what is it? Please do tell. Yeah. Right. yeah. So then I said, oh, you know, once I was meditating, and I and this has happened a few other times on Psychedelics, but once I was meditating, it kind of merged into everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought I experienced the Atman, the permanent, yeah. undying, primordial, unborn self. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I didn't, until I brought it up with him, I didn't realize how much I'd been thinking about that or clinging to that experience. Right. And his response was, okay, well, can think about that experience. Can you break it into pieces? What's it made of? What is it really? Mm-hmm. Look at it beyond just reminiscing on the experience. Yeah. Look into the thing itself. And I just did it took three seconds to really think about it. And then I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly like you. <laughs> That's the-
1: <laughs> that's the usual pattern that uh, I love it. But it's this
2: fun. but but then I realized this thing that I'd been reminiscing about uh-huh. was getting in the way of my meditation, uh-huh. my mindfulness practice because I would always think, "Oh yes, that's when I was doing it." Right. So then when you sit down, you think, "Oh, I hope that thing happens again." Of course. And now you've gotten trapped mm. by your epiphany. Totally. It's kind of even, it's
1: the same way it works with anything that you really enjoy, where, you know, it's kind of like if you go to Burning Man and it's like, it's not like it was last year. Last mm. year was the real thing. Exactly. Now and you are trapped in this, you know, this awesome memory that you have built that traps you from dealing with what is in front of you right here, right now. Yeah, man. And that is,
2: um, that's probably part of the tricks of the demon. That's what I do all the time. And I do yeah. do it. You know, VR, mm-hmm. this thing, that thing becomes this. You, you sort of project this. You basically, you, you build mm-hmm. an, an, a, a shimmering, fluorescent false idol. Right. That you, in the form of memory, right. contemplate and worship. And it's just an illusion. It's just nothing.
1: What do you think, though, about... I mean, there is something to be said for some habits... That the nature of a habit is that you do it regularly. It's not just a momentary enlightenment or you fall in love with this thing for five minutes, but things that you make regular parts of your life where kind of a Joe Rogan, you know, rain or shine. He's going to go work out. He's in a good mood. He works out. He's in a bad mood. He works out. Is you know, those kind of things where even in an impermanent world, in the tiny little bit that he can control, he will make certain things a permanent fixture in his life.
2: Okay. So only cause I'm fresh off of this conversation with this guy. So in the center of the Buddhist wheel of life, mm-hmm. we've got ignorance, anger or aversion, attraction and, and or desire. Mm-hmm. So that's the co- that's the cog in the center of the wheel that's spinning yeah. the wheel of samsara. So then the next circle represents um, kind of the direction the wheel's spinning in. Yeah, you're either going up or you're going down. Right. So I think that like practices like that, they're going to move you out out of whatever positive practices mm-hmm. uh, are probably going to move you out of the shitty realm you might be in right into a higher realm of, of consciousness. And if you're in a higher realm of consciousness, you know, theoretically, I don't know. Cause I sure as fuck don't have Rogan's discipline. <laughs> I wish I did. Right. I have in the past, but it doesn't last for me. Yeah. What do you think? Why is that?
1: Cause it's something that you say I wish. So it's not something you're like, no, oh, it's
2: not great for question. Me. You're like, no, I dig it. I would love to have it. It's a momentum. I, like the last time I was, I, I got, God, Jesus Christ, my girlfriend took a picture of me with my shirt off like like five months ago. I'm like, oh no, I was in shape. It like, was glorious. Oh my God. Right. Not like, you know, not ripped or no, anything, but, but, but we're like, whoa, fuck, because I've been training. I've been yeah. hiring trainers and working yeah. really hard. Then I hurt my back. Oh. And then I stopped, I couldn't work out. Yeah, of I fucked my back up really bad. Working out or? Working out, trying oh. to do a deadlift. Eh, you got a little over enthusiastic.
1: Oh, Jesus, that yeah. sucks
2: screwed it up it's better now it's getting better good but um anyway i could work out now sure but there was a period where i couldn't i really couldn't i could barely have to take the
1: break you broke the habit and that
2: and now i have to rebuild the habit and it's hard for me to rebuild the habit that's all no that
1: makes sense that makes sense it's uh it's funny because something like discipline or regularity they are not sexy words they are it's ugly you know it sounds like the battle cry of like some Bulgarian engineer or something. Yeah. It's like discipline, uh, regularity. Yeah. It's like, and yet they do make such a damn difference. You know, it's like having a good thoughts is having a good thought, but having that pattern that you can bring up that experience consistently over and over, or like working out once, well, that's sweet. It feels good, but really the benefits are not in working out when you feel like it. They are working out rain or shine. You put in those hours every week. Yeah and it's a trippy dance because it doesn't feel good to want something so mundane so just like okay three times a week put in the time it feels like you're clocking in but at the same time it's only by clocking in that you get then some of the results that you want with anything you know if you want to be a writer you need to write right you you can't just wait for inspiration you put in the time every day you want to be in shape you got to put in that you know that kind of stuff is a I think in my romanticized imagination, it's there's always this, you're right, it's because inspiration strikes you and all mm. these beautiful things happen or you work out and it's always this beautiful experience, which is then what we talk about. Yeah. Some days it sucks, man. Some day you don't feel like it, you go, you still don't feel like it, you come home and yeah, you're just you, tired.
2: Yeah, that's, but you, know, you do get the feeling of when it's done. There's nothing like that yeah. fucking great Where suddenly you can uh, pat yourself and go like, yes! The best. Over- totally. So it's... um. And you know to add to that, you're also for folks who don't work out regularly or, or if you listen if who hear you and think, "I don't do anything regularly, yes, you do. you look at your phone all the fucking time or you like play video games or everyone what's interesting is everyone does have a repetitive practice oh, sorry. it's just some of the repetitive practices are like spinning the wheel in the yeah. wrong direction and God, I mean, can you imagine if like looking at your phone? got you in shape right oh that would be awesome oh, that would be like in that oh, case it's, it's i'd a be undue. arnold fucking Schwarzenegger, right now if you another thing at this retreat because i got to do a live podcast with cornfield jack cornfield and sharon mm-hmm. salzberg these teachers I listened in the past. No, I didn't listen to this one. But I don't know if you even released this one. Though. I don't we'll think know. it's
1: released yet. Okay. But the, um, well, by the time we release this episode,
2: probably they will be out. But I listened to you doing podcasts with them in the past. Okay, cool. They're great. Yeah. If you, so I got to ask them this question, which relates to what we're mm-hmm. talking about. So some, this is where I've been tricking myself. Uh, I asked them, what about the time times when I'm sitting like drinking a scotch watching forensic files and I think to myself oh I'm I'm mindful Mm -hmm. of what's happening I'm watching the scotch come to my lips (laughs) I'm aware of my obsession and absorption into this morbid show isn't that a practice where does the practice stop you know and it was cool. The look on Sharon Salzberg's face was like so funny. Like, no! <laughs> why? Why? No. Okay. So, and it's interesting because in, in, at these retreats, there's all these different paths. Right. And there's people from the tantric path who came up to me afterwards and they're like, yes! That, that is, is a practice. Yeah, yes, course. it is. Don't listen to them. That's dogmatic. Yeah. But what Nick Turn told me, which I thought was really cool, is the Dharma is prescriptive. In other words, teaching Buddhism isn't like the same medicine doesn't get... get you don't give the same medicine to everyone because sure. everyone's got different yeah. problems. So they just identified this ridiculous bit of trickery that I've been playing on myself, which is that when I'm engaged in a, uh activity that mm-hmm. is clearly not meditating mm-hmm. in the normal traditional sure. sense of the word... Uh, that that it, it would be better if I would actually like what we're saying, picked up a, a daily meditation suck practice on the pillow and go. Why? I mean, I, I kind of
1: it's weird. I see it both ways. I mm. can't decide which side I'm on on this one because I kind of in which way? How do they argue that position? Okay,
2: so lifting weights, mm-hmm. eating right, yep. Learning how to speak another language, mm-hmm. learning how to dance, yep. Uh, learning how to rock climb, martial yes, arts. Anything, right? Anything. Of course. Requires what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. A repetitive yeah. daily or weekly practice. Yeah. Nothing, no question about it. Most things in the world, there are very few things of value that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Playing piano. Yeah, you need learning to put to in sing. the time. It's you all, have to put the time. in yeah. So that's to think that somehow... Mindfulness or meditation is different from that, and that you can just decide, Sure, okay, I'm meditating now. Yeah, this is it. Now, that's not to say that you can't be mindful in every single moment of your day, right? Of course, yeah, you can do it right now. You can, Mm -hmm. I can chant in the back of my mind, Ram, 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 Ram. I could do it, but still, I know that the times that I've had a daily meditation practice. My mind becomes calmer. Mm. My reactions diminish. My ability to like maintain a kind of psychological equilibrium seems to increase. The pause between uh, external phenomena and my reaction to it expands a little bit. Yeah. And so that's real. Yeah. That's no question about it.
1: Whereas when you're having your scotch, it does not work that way. Yeah, uh, like you get your moment. Yeah, and be mindful, but it doesn't quite translate. It doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, right. Right,
2: and you can trick your. I have tricked myself Mm -hmm. for a long time into believing that because I'm contemplating a practice, that is its own practice, Mm. which it could be for someone else.
1: I guess is it's not an either or scenario but it's like the one they are talking about is the bedrock you need to have that and then it's great if you also have your that's not a bad thing that's great as an addition not as the the foundation of it all
2: yeah and if you want to keep tricking your or if you if you're in a sort of cycle in your life where you're not doing anything Mm -hmm. at all that seems very productive that's not going to last. Yeah, and at least, but at least when you're in it, don't trick yourself into thinking necessarily that this is the practice. These mix up for the part yeah. I'm not doing. Right now this is right. a slippery slope. Yeah. I mean, you can really in this in this like line of inquiry, which the question is, what is practice? Yeah, you can really. Get lost. I think Cornfield said, "Well, you're practicing. You're just not practicing the right thing." Right. But you can run into this kind of dogmatic worldview of profane and sacred experiences. Yeah. So there's a problem there. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm really doing it because I'm sitting on my meditation cushion and yeah. right, of course. But at the same time, if I'm hanging out with you and you tell me you're lifting weights because the beer stein that you're drinking beer out of is heavier than a normal cup. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Technically you're lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. (laughs)
1: So no, I get it. So in that sense, maybe it doesn't have to be an either or proposition. It can be a both proposition, Hmm. this and that, where it's like, yeah, you do need the solid, regular and sexy foundation that's concrete, but it's, you know, it's what gives you ultimately certain results. And then you can also have the more quote unquote profane experience where you still can be mindful, it can still be but that's that's an extra. That's the
2: cherry on the cake, that's not the cake. Yeah. Um, That's the I get it. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean at least start with a at least I mean here's the thing. If you're like me, Mm -hmm. then you're you've been practicing staring at your phone for a long time (laughs) and somehow you haven't achieved enlightenment through that yeah that is so mysterious and you're by now you i could say that if you're like me you're a you're a black belt right at surfing the internet you're a fucking black belt if you're like me i'm a black belt of surfing the internet i'm so good at it i'm so good at surfing the net and finding ridiculous (laughs) things to worry over contemplate right okay so I've done that. I've mastered that. Yeah. So why not move on to becoming a master of perhaps meditating? I would say you're basically Buddha's reincarnation, the same way as he went yes. through the
1: whole fasting and not For eating sure. and, doing all, and he did it to the limit and then realized, okay, I did it all, but I still not enlightened. You're basically, you're going down the same path, I would
2: say. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's just cool to like, I like these teachers because they invite you... They lure you. Right. They trick you. Mm-hmm. They poise. They pose, or rather, they pose um, wonderful arguments for not being lazy mm-hmm. or confused. And it, and and it's great. That's why they're masters. Jesus, man! If you get a chance to see Cornfield, do know. his magic live. Just go, or Salzburg, or any of them. It's wild. That's cool. It's cool, yeah.
1: I remember I heard them on your podcast, and both of them, and I was like, those are great conversations. Yeah, so definitely. You can tell that those guys have something special there
2: when they do their their. Um, I don't want to call it a show. I can't because I don't mean to diminish it. Sure. When they're doing their teaching, yeah, they're kind of like it's really cool. They're it's very humanistic. You know, it's not just about like meditating. It's about compassion yeah. for yourself, for other people in finding that place wherever you are to be compassionate, mm-hmm. it,
1: which is, that's a skill right there. Yes, That's a hell of a, and that's like anything else that needs to be practice. It's not that you either have it or you don't. In my mind, at least that's like a muscle that's really like the more you go there, the easier it is to the stronger the muscle is yeah the more you just expect that the muscle grow because you pick up the groceries once in a while it's not really gonna grow that much you may have more than somebody else by nature but it still it needs to be cultivated yeah to some you cultivate degree.
2: and it's hard yeah. to cultivate because it fucking hurts yeah it's difficult sometimes it's like hurts way more than lifting weights right because when you're compassionate you don't get to be your righteousness diminishes. Exactly, you
1: can't have the "I'm right, you're wrong" kind ah. of game, and and that's a ego. It's a quick ego satisfaction. I guess on that theme of um, compassion, seeing things from a different viewpoint, other than the classic ego-driven, uh, self-righteous one. I've been on this theme. Like I'm obsessed with this particular, slightly different from this, but closely related. Yeah i've been on the theme of um, the dualistic mindset the the black and white mentality that seems to be at the root of like how most people seem to operate yeah. this sense of uh, uh, there's good there's bad there's our team there's their team yeah. there's it's either this or that and i see it in everything i see it in politics i see it in religion i see it in, in every possible issue i look at I keep seeing this same pattern. Where l- let me explain it slightly further. What I am seeing is people taking a complex situation and turning it into uh, an hashtag, a slogan. Uh, this is the right answer to this problem. The guys who argue the opposite answers is because they are stupid and they are yeah. the enemy. And the ins- we instead are the good guys and we got the good answer to the problem. Right. Now I'm not saying that there are no good or bad answers, Cause of course some answers are better than others, but that logic, that binary logic, which is it's ultimately terrible. what it is that divides every oversimplify thing, turn it into a contest, turn it into, I find it the, Number one mental illness that affect the vast majority of human beings to some degree, probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. Mental illness. for Me included. Sometimes I do that as well. And I catch myself and I'm like, uh, why am I so stupid? You know, but yeah. I do think it's a mental illness because it forces you to look at the world in a way that that's not really the way life is. You're pro- you're projecting this All abstraction right. onto life and ultimately distorting it and screwing things up that's in the right. process of doing that. I have my theories for why people do that or why it's such an attractive thing that people from all walks of life, opposite political spectrum, different religion or no religion, mm. why so many people do it. But I'm curious, how do you explain it to yourself? Why is that this seem to be such a default mode for human beings to operate in this fashion?
2: Huh there's probably some kind of evolutionary mm-hmm. basis for it right like you certainly an animal there's safe places not safe places and definitely just the binary of it's this place is dark this place is light <laughs> right this place is cramped <laughs> yeah. this place is open yeah so there it is in there i would guess mm-hmm. and it, people inhabit their mental states, like animals and some kind of terrain, so I guess you it's obviously just fear right and it's easier to it's and it's a control
0: mm-hmm.
2: really easy to control people if you're yep. if you can break them down into two categories, so as a form of control it's it's pretty fantastic and it's and and also the if you add to the right and wrong. Once you're wrong, you must therefore always be wrong. Yeah. That's a problem. So if you've made the decision to right want to align yourself with something that later turns out to be wrong, but at the time you thought was right, then people will say, no, you did it once, you're done. You're done. You're always, Yeah, and this is that logic that makes you think that if you are
1: left-winged, conservatives are always wrong. If you are right-winged, you think that people on the left are always right. wrong. There's never... I think the thing that bugs me the most about these viewpoints is that they completely lack nuance. And nuance, the reality of it is that nuance is where life is. Yeah. Life is not that black and white. Life is damn nuanced. And it's kind of like, you know, in case we're we're missing some people on this, like, just to clarify, like, I give you guys an example. I don't know. I think, uh, like, a political example. You'll have some people who argue... Immigration, these poor migrants fleeing the war, we need to take them all in, the other guy who argue, There are some terrible people in there, we should not do that, there are practical problems, we should take nobody in. And those are those kind of like black and white positions where the reality is probably somewhere in in between, I'm not saying 50 50, but somewhere in there in terms of, okay, you don't want to be a dick and you do want to help good people who are fleeing war and nasty things. You don't want to be an idiot at the same time and open the door to problems. All Muslims are bad. And exactly. All Muslims are bad or all Muslims are perfectly peaceful. There's no theological problem of any kind with Islam ever. And it's like, why do we have to play this game where it's simply not true? You know what I mean? It's like those positions are just flat out. They are partially true. In the sense that there's usually something to it that says, yes, some are exactly the way you describe, but then we become so generalized. And, and I see it in every damn discussion I see. I see these two guys, equally stupid usually, or somebody slightly more than the other, who argue these opposite points where the reality is obviously somewhere where it's like you kind of have a point, but then you go off the deep end. You kind of have a point, but then you're taking it to a place where batshit crazy. How about taking the best of, how about going in a more nuanced place? How about considering both sides and figuring out what actually works rather than what's a campaign slogan or something, you
2: know? Also, you can analyze your intention Mm -hmm. when you find yourself in one of those conversations. And you might find that you don't really, you're not even in the conversation because you want to know what the truth is or you're hoping to help guide a person to what you Mm -hmm. think the truth may be you
1: just want to win yeah it becomes a completely ego driven game of my team need to score one more you know it's just like you're playing chess with someone yeah those are not conversations those are people yelling at each other hoping they win and if that's how you want to play it get in the fucking cage and fight it's more honest yeah straight up there you you go it's like
2: just do that
1: that's true
2: fight yeah don't just otherwise it's like okay I'll, i'll i submit i guess to you Because you want to be right about everything, which sucks if you live with that person. Yeah. Or if you're, you know, then they can be stifling. It's
1: awful. It's It's, terrible. And it's not, uh, those are not conversations. Those are, let's you can yell louder so that I can get. And the funny thing is, in none of those discussions, anybody is ever convinced of the other person's viewpoint. So nobody ever wins. Right. Because you never really get your point across. So then the question becomes, why the hell? We seem so fond of playing this form of communication that's so obviously unsatisfying, creates nothing but bad vibes, yeah. um, doesn't change anybody's mind ever about anything. It just makes someone submit to you. Yeah, yeah, completely. Or not, because usually, typically, people just keep you out. They just like, ignore. I was having a conversation on Facebook with some guy Um was a cop who um, sent me a message saying, hey man, I really like your stuff, but I'm kind of bummed out about some of the anti-cop stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, ooh, let's start right there. When did I ever say that I have an issue with all cops? Right. I don't have an issue with all cops. Hell, I don't have an issue with cops. I have an issue with assholes. Yeah. So to me, and, and the dynamic was interesting because what I was saying was, look, a bad cop, a cop who uses his power to be an asshole, Is not just my enemy. Hell, he's probably your enemy even more because he's going to ruin it for you because other people are going to see the same uniform and assume that you are one of that and then treat you like crap. So my guess is that we are on the same boat here, that we both dislike asshole cops. Right. And then it was funny because in talking, I was beginning to understand how these things form because this guy was obviously a nice guy, right? Very nice person. And then he would say, you know, I go to these neighborhoods and I'm trying to do a good job. I'm trying to be nice to people and try to help them. And half of the time they will look at me and go like fucking white boy, get out of here or you damn cop. You know, they are not treating him as a person. They are treating him as a symbol of something that they associate with something bad right. because of previous experience with other people who may be bad. Yeah, that's not the same guy. Right. And so a guy who then is nice and a good person. Suddenly, because everybody treat him not as Mr. whoever his name is, but as stereo stereotype of what the cop is in my mind, he start identifying with I'm a cop. We need to stick together. So that means that when there's an asshole cop, maybe I should uh, he's one of us. Ultimately, we need to look at it as where he's like, no, he's not one of you. He's the guy who makes shit right. bad for you, which make. And I think this game of identity that we play is it's understandable how we end up there, but it's still a shitty game.
2: Yeah, it's a shitty game, man. It really is. It ruins your life, mm-hmm. puts you in the company of bad people, yep. limits your universe to a daydream that you're having. Yep. You know, I, there's a book I started reading and just stopped because, and maybe some people listening might, this might offend you, so I'm sorry, but there's a book called 48 Laws of Power. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I start reading this and like, I like it for the historical. That- Anecdotes, sure, but the that guy's conception of the way humans work, which is like we just want power, that's it, right? Finds you know, like things like, um, don't uh, don't outshine your superiors. Yeah, yeah, don't outshine. Don't outshine your, your yeah, superiors, yeah, yeah, but rather, you know hold your light back, and then when they aren't prepared to take their power out yeah. there. Like, that shit. Like, what are you talking... Like, no one functions like that, man. Like, we're not robots. Nobody, like... Some people don't want power. Well, that's just another way of gaining power. It's just like you don't... No! Sometimes people really aren't interested in, in like, being in a never-ending vortex of manipulation to which try to... I just imagine as I'm reading that book somebody working at like a fucking hardy's or something yeah. using it to try to become manager yeah. or something like because the idea is the power that you are um the power that you are trying to get usually isn't even that interesting yeah no there's that you know it was funny because when i
1: read those books and um i kind of had A similar feeling to what you had, where I'm just like, oh, what an ugly word this guy is describing. Then I actually met uh, Robert Greene, We chat a little, and he strikes me as a super nice guy. And I think I understood it a little in the sense that part of the way those books are framed are framed by some editor who wants to create the new Machiavelli kind of thing, you know? Whereas what Robert was saying in person, which made a lot more sense to me, was like, look, I'm not saying... You need to live this way. Hell, I don't want to live that way. Yeah, this is purely a manual in terms of when it comes to power games. This is how
2: people play them, and these are the strategies that people sure. use. Sure, I I get that. And then I, I was I, like, okay, I get it. I get, I get it. I, I, I do get it. But there's still that, you know, if you're and any he warns in the beginning, he's like, uh-huh. this will get in your head if you you know if you don't read it. If it's just a, a course a way to make someone read something, of so course. it worked. But. And I get it. I don't necessarily think he's nefarious or uh-huh. anything like that. I just think that for the sake of the book, he had to simplify the human psyche sure. to an almost G.I. Joe character, comic book villain level, when it's usually so much more nuanced and um, confounding than that. But, you know, I was talking to someone who met Carlos Castaneda, uh-huh. and and uh, I said to him, well, you know, I don't like Carlos Castaneda yeah. because he... There's that story of the, you know, like tying a lizard's eyes shut. And the person I met, who met Carlos Castaneda as a a Buddhist teacher, Mm -hmm. and he said, yes, Duncan, but he wasn't into compassion. Right. He's a sorcerer. He was into power, and he thought compassion was a diminished form of power. Right? It's a little league game to get into compassion. Who fucking gives a shit? Right. That's not it. It's power. And then that... And that maybe, maybe to achieve power, you don't have the luxury of creating a nuanced um, view of other people. Maybe to achieve power, you need to at least trick yourself into the idea that oh, these people are all evil. Right. That's you know that Hitler had to do that. I I get it, and I think that's part of how the mechanism.
1: Because ultimately, I because. De- What we're talking about is identity. Yes. People crave a sense of identity. People crave a flag, a uniform, their colors. You know, the else angels and the church, to me, they are the same thing. because Ultimately, it's about building this group identity, Mm -hmm. being part of something greater than yourself, all of that. The problem with any kind of identity is that you need to trade a ton of your individuality in order to fit in with the what we believe, what we stand for, all of that. And I think part of there is a reason why and I think you are hitting it, which is the fact that there's some power in that, you know, there is some power in being able to get together 50,000 people who don't know each other who are going to stand for the same issue, even though if they were to have a discussion with one another, they probably disagree on like. 30,000 different things, right? But to be able to mobilize people by saying, our flag is going forward, so no questions asked, we are all going forward and going for it. That is, to me, it's power. It's an ugly kind of power. It's a nasty power because it's a power that reduces human beings to cogs in this machine. But obviously it's easier that, you know, nobody builds an identity around nuance. You cannot have a free-thinking identity because a free-thinking identity, we all agree that, sure, you should be thinking openly, but then we completely disagree about the conclusions we reach because the way you use free-thinking is going to be different from mine and so on. So there is no cohesive, we're not worshiping the same dogma, which then can drive us forward all at once with no questions asked. And there is a power in that. You know, there is objectively a real power in being able to do that. That's a shitty way to live.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh, I don't think the game
2: is worth it. It feels good. Yeah. I mean, it is fun to think that you're in a group of right people. Oh, yeah. Of to course. To think that you're, like, with a, a mob, crowd, society, whatever, and then to, like, feel you're one of the awakeners. Yep. A missionary yep. sent out to awaken the world. That's a very romantic game. And at least you're playing
1: it on the... Positive side of that oversimplification. But then, of course, there's the other side, which is not only I'm one of the good ones, but of course, there has to be somebody who doesn't represent the good ones, mm-hmm. who's the bad ones. And they are the reason why everything is
2: bad in the world.
1: And well, we need to squash
2: them. To, and we need to get. Gar- to quote General Mad Dog, whatever the yeah. fuck his name is, the warrior monk that yeah. Trump just hired as the. I think it was, it, he was the one who was talking about. There's some lauded quote by him regarding the jihadists. Right. And he's like, said something along the lines of, they make their women wear burkas. Mm-hmm. And that makes them not really men at all. Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't have a problem shooting them. Really <laughs> you know? Fun. So, right. Yeah. That. So there it is. So it's like, sure, making someone wear a fucking beekeeper's outfit because they're your submissive yeah. sexual object of pleasure is obviously, from our perspective, and hopefully from your perspective, yeah. whoever you may be, fucked up. Mm-hmm. Not cool. No. They should be allowed to drive. They should be allowed to wear what they want. They shouldn't have to wear – and I guess the, that being said, the assumption is they're being forced to wear the burkers, which I think a lot of them are. Many of them are yeah. being married off when they're like nine. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, okay. That's pretty bad. Yep. Looking at it from a from a, a perspective, that's that's pretty bad. Yep. No argument there. Is it worth the death penalty? Is that a punish cuz cause, cuz cause then the slippery slope there is okay. Well, then if are you saying it's okay here to shoot people who are making their wives wear a burqa or does it just start in other countries? Right. Where mad dog does the line Form yeah. between when you can shoot them And when you can't shoot them And also are you saying Oh is it the mechanism of control mm-hmm. Of women that you think is wor- Worthy of the death penalty So you run into all kinds of troubles Now at of war course. If you were a soldier it's like, Excuse me mad dog May I ask a question Yeah. What if these people What if we know that their wives Aren't in burkas yeah. Yet they're still fighting Do we still shoot them? Right. So it's all kinds of problems Of, that course. Kind of But you need it to justify violence. Mm-hmm. You need it to justify murder. It's a tool of the of, of the, the fascist. Well, because ultimately, yes, it, that kind of identity
1: mobilizes action quickly. It's a way to get shit done quickly. It's, it's our flag. It's going against those guys. No question asked. You can't, you know, it's, it's, that's why symbols are powerful. That's yeah. why identity is powerful. And that's why in my mind, and I'll keep... I apologize to people listening if you're going to get sick of this topic because I'm going to hit it from every possible angle in many, many different cases. But I really feel that is one of the key issue that identity is a fucking trap. Doesn't matter what identity. It can be one kind of politics, the other Mm. religious, ethnic, whatever the hell it may be. But any kind of group identification that goes like I get group identity at a human level. There are certain things that are desirable for human beings. Yeah. In general, I get a group identity that goes to a small tribal level where we see each other face to face and we talk about. But a group identity that involves nations, that involves a whole political field, a whole there's too much variety within. Like the only way to build it is by squashing the internal nuance that inevitably exists inside. But what about beings. this? Okay, here's something to think about.
2: Mm-hmm. Is there a group identity? That's a question. Is there a planetary identity? Mm-hmm and what would that if there was what would it be so ramdas he talks about this a lot more these days which is the two levels that the human operates on mm-hmm. or that the so on one level identity mm-hmm. your name your gender your sure. political predilections your habituations your career what all the whole thing right that's one level that's a mask that's being worn by the soul Mm-hmm. As he puts it, so the ottman. Yeah. So that would be the planetary identity, and that is an identity shared by everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And the so the the identity you're talking about lives in the head.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The identity that which is the concretized series of habituations and things that you learned over the course of going so that's all up in your head. That's all in your head. I'm this, I'm that, yeah. I'm right, I'm wrong, you're wrong, you're right, I'm right. Yeah. All that bullshit. So while all that shit's rolling around in your head, there's another self that's the real self that acts as the fishbowl, so to speak, that all of those thoughts float in like mm-hmm. little sweet little fish turds. <laughs> right? And so when you start, and that's your heart. Mm-hmm. So this is why he's always saying, "Good, get from your head into your heart. When you're in an argument with somebody, if you have the power, and it takes a lot of power and strength to do this, and you go into your heart, and suddenly you stop seeing that sputtering dunce who's a complete fucking moron, mm-hmm. who's clearly trying to entrap you in a shit world, yeah. trying to make you into something that you know that you're not, Trying to get away, Mm -hmm. get one over on you, hoodwink you, manipulate you, fuck you over, take your money, take your life possibly. When you look, if you come into your heart, then suddenly you see the wrinkles. Mm -hmm. Or you see the sadness. Mm -hmm. Or you see the pain they're holding inside of them. Yep. And you see that, oh, man, this is a person who deserves love just as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And they just want love right now. They don't want to control me. They're hurt, man. That's a hurt. I'm talking to somebody who's, there's a crazy video on YouTube that I just saw of a petrol fire. Have you ever seen that? Uh, Not petrol. Maybe that's a, not petrol, I'm sorry. An ethane, ethyl. It's a kind of fuel they use for race cars okay it's invisible when it burns Mm -hmm. so it's someone on fire with an invisible fire wow and they're like ah they're like smiling it's like they're clearly on fire but it just looks like they're like swatting at bees you can't see or something right so that's what happens when you look at someone from your heart is you can begin to see that the argument coming from their identity was actually the sound of them screaming because they're on fire with suffering. And that is where you can go into the intention of how can I put out the fire? Not when. Right. Is there a way to put this fire out? Is there a way to connect underneath the flames? And also, have you been screaming at the same time? Because you're on fire too. You realize it's just two people on fire screaming. So that's the... That's what I love about these uh, teachers because they always are, they're always like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the place underneath. Yep. The human... Uh... Connect to that. Yeah, try to connect with that. If you want to see that go down, I mean, you, should, you could even put this on this podcast. It just popped up on Reddit. Mr. Rogers. Have you seen this video of Mr. Rogers? So uh, PBS had a grant from the government... I think for like 20 million dollars a year and the government mm-hmm. was going to cut it down to 10. Mm-hmm. So they were having a Senate hearing to try to keep it at the money that they yeah. needed to do their shows. So this senator who is antagonistic and clearly does not think they should get 20 million dollars is sitting there and they're like they present Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers yeah. to talk to him. And he, you know, he says, "All right," the senator's like, "All right, Rogers, what do you got?" Right. And Mr. Rogers Is the Buddha in our time, maybe. Uh Maybe he's the Maitreya. I don't fucking know. But this guy, completely innocuous guy, in this very calm way, starts saying to this senator, There's something I tell him. There's something he's like, he talks about how, you know, how he loves children, how his show Mm -hmm. is there. He said there's a lot more drama in trying to overcome a problem without violence than there is in violence. He's talking about cartoons and mm-hmm. stuff. He's like, there's way more drama and yeah. just working stuff out for kids. But then he says to the Senator, um, there's, there's some, there's a song. I don't remember the exact words, but there's something like a, a child. Asked him, what do you do when the anger, when the anger's is so bad that it makes you want to bite? Yeah. And to this senator, just from Rogers like mm-hmm. energy, you see him softening, and mm-hmm. at some point in the thing, he like he uh he actually says, "Can I I want to get copies of the show? I want to see the show." He'd yeah. never seen the show before. he's like, "I want to see this this and and then he's softening, and so then Fred Rogers says, "You know what what the, the song goes Some he's like, "I teach kids that you don't have to bite right that no matter what." how angry it is how how angry you are you don't have you have the power to not punch mm-hmm. or kick or bite and that power is so important that's so empowering to know that you don't have to attack mm-hmm. that you, so anyway rogers talks to the senator's soul cuz he recognizes yeah. that this is a guy who's hurting of and he gets angry all the time and has a problem with anger yeah. And he takes a lesson that he gives to the kids, and he gives it to the senator, and the senator... Melts. Melts. That's funny. And the end of it, it's just like a movie, the senator's like, you've got your $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know And not- that's the power of not going identity to identity, yeah. and going from identity from soul to soul. Exactly. When you do that, you just, there's no telling what can fucking happen. And that's, I think, one of the problems is
1: that people think that if uh, for a minute you decide to stop playing this yelling at each other game and you go to a place of kindness, you go to a place more than kindness, you go to a place of empathy, where empathy to me at that level is not even about is purely about understanding where somebody else is coming from. It's purely about seeing the world through their eyes. Yes. And then you can decide what to do. It does not. I think many people hesitate because they think, if I go there, then I have to justify what they do. And some stuff maybe is not to be justified. Yeah. You know, if you just ended up uh, murdering 50 kids, I'm not going to want to justify your actions. But
2: I still want to understand
1: what made uh, you do it. Well, let's made talk you click, about that for a second. You, yeah.
2: so- that rotten kid, Dylan, whatever, not the kid who just shot, who recently shot up a church. Hmm. He walked in, shot a bunch of people. Crime. He's a racist. He told, he shot them because they were African American. Right. And he, there's a video of him walking out right after he did it with blood on his shirt. You look at that pain mm-hmm. in that human, in that heavy duty yeah. karma that that kid has that Mm -hmm. is so fucking heavy man Mm -hmm. and you don't it's not permissiveness sure but you can watch that any clip of that kid and no matter what he's saying underneath it you're seeing someone who's in hell sure he's already there yeah one of the one of the survivors said you know you're you're gonna you are hopeless. You are going to burn in hell forever. Mm-hmm. That's all she had to say. Right. She's in pain. But it was funny, in the sense that she thinks he's going to be in Whereas hell. Whereas it's he's there. Right. right. That guy's on fire, and and and, and it's and so it, and that's where it takes. That's where the real practice comes in. Let me ask you a question on that one.
1: Then do you? I agree. You acknowledge that somebody, you know, in many cases, actually or probably all cases, when somebody's certain actions are not just those are the problems, is they are a symptom of the problem that's already existing, which is that you are in hell, you yeah. are prone. To, I get that. Do Can you have your moment of I understand where that comes from and I even feel bad yes. for this person? And can you still put a bullet in his head? Or if you go by the I understand where mm-hmm. it comes from, and I feel really, actually, really bad that this is where your life took you. Does that mean that you can no longer put a bullet in his head? Because what does it translate into? A?
2: Like, I get the feeling, you know. In well, you got you can imprison him, right? Do you do you do you execute him? Does that? I mean, I honestly, I I'd, I'd be up in the air over which of those acts was more compassionate. Sure, than the sure, other. sure, exactly. Because okay. do you let him live? But so your
1: point is you still do what needs to be done in terms of preventing stuff like that from happening again. Preventing sinner, fire and pain to be dished out to other people. And what exactly that means? Yeah, one can debate is like, is it better to just put somebody out of their misery and shoot them in the head? Is it better to put them in? Who knows, right? That it's a whole other discussion that's about practical steps. But what you're saying is. Is good to get where they are coming from. Is good to feel where they are coming from. Is good to recognize all that, and then take whatever step is necessary to guarantee everybody safety safety for the community. Of course,
2: yes. yes, I mean, you do. You have to think about the community. You have to think what's the safety. What is what we have to. What's the most compassionate thing for all parties involved Mm -hmm. here? Right. You know, and and I don't know the answer yeah well it's a it's a difficult
1: one it's definitely and it's funny though to me how people tend to be a lot more willing to understand the motivations back to identity if it's one of their guys versus if one of them type of thing like uh, i think i may have brought it up on another episode but i'll i'll tell you because i never told you but I was having this conversation where I brought up over a period of a few days, I brought up like some nasty atrocities done by Nazis, right? And people are like, well, of course, they're fucking Nazis. What do you expect? They are crazy. And yeah. Nasty atrocities done by Soviet communists. Eh, they're fucking Soviet communists. What do you expect? And then I brought up the Milai massacre where, you know, American troops went in, gang raped a bunch of women, yeah, shot up sure. kids. You know, like the nasty basically the exact same stuff that was, yeah. and suddenly there was a decent percentage of people who all of a sudden were like, yeah, that is bad, but you have under- <laughs> and we have to understand the psychological pressure yeah, they were under. Right. And I was like, where was the psychological yeah. pressure when we're talking about the Nazis or the Soviets? Because those were just monsters, right? Yeah. Those were just it's outside. Crazy. The- yeah. Whereas here, suddenly we think about the psychological pressure. Oh well, yeah, they were going through a lot. Yeah. It's like, that's whoa, nationalism. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's conditioning. Exactly. It's like suddenly you turn on that. Let's understand the motivation. If it's yeah. one of our guys, kind of thing. Why the fuck can you just deal with being human? With the fact that a fucked up action is a fucked up action, regardless of who does it, and a good action is a sweet action, regardless of who does it. That's you know right, saying?
2: man. And 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 you, as the individual, have to. I mean, the more you bring the intention. As rudimentary as it may be right now. Mm-hmm. Think of the early, I, I always, I, I'm sorry if I've mentioned this before, I like to think about the blind fish. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the optic nerve developed last in evolution. So I love to think about blind primordial fish swimming around the coral reefs, and that theoretically, some of those fish started developing an optic nerve before the other fish. And at first, Probably they weren't seeing the beautiful colors of coral reefs. They were seeing some kind of shift in the light and the mm-hmm. dark. I don't know how fish fucking see yeah, now. Of course, but the the fish who were able to do whatever it was to see. This is a terrible analogy, by the way. I, I from an evol- it's wrong the way evolution okay. works. So I get it, right? Yeah. What I'm trying to say is no matter how rudimentary your ability is to practice compassion, even if it's like the, like, even if it's like somebody has burnt your hand and, and like, shoved a, a, a stubby pencil into your stump and told you to, like, write your name, yeah. even if it's that bad. It's still better than not. It's mm-hmm. still better to try. Even if your whole life has been marked by... Yeah. ...being a complete monster. Even mm-hmm. if you just did today a rotten fucking sure, thing. Sure, sure, sure. Something is better. You yeah. still can now, even though it flies in the face of all your logic, express compassion to yourself, you know. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, fuck these goddamn loonies who go around blasting and raping and whatever. I don't know. But what about yourself? Mm-hmm. Look for that, for, you know. Find the compassion for you. Like oh, the reason you did that shitty thing that you feel bad about. Why'd you sure. do it? I'll tell you why you fucking did it. You did it because you were scared. You mm-hmm. did it because you were hurt. you were worried. Whatever. It's no fun. No, it's no fun. Because no, it's more fun to be like, I got you, motherfucker. A bad Bend a knee. Yes. Bend a knee. Respect my power. <laughs> it's more fun, but to be like that. In the short term, but in the long term, woo, man, when you like, actually, you know, that one, I don't even want to say it. Don't say it then. Or do. Up to you. I have a favorite kind of being wrong. Please do tell. And my favorite kind of being wrong is when I have established that this person is an asshole and whoever it may be. Mm Mm-hmm and then i realize i was the asshole projecting onto a very wonderful human being. Does that happen to you? Sure it, it does. Feels, yeah, hmm. where you like, oh shit man, i've got, you know, you've heard about a person. Right. You've gone on the internet and oh, ass- yeah. yeah, yeah. Assessed no, I got you.
1: Yeah, when you don't know them personally right. and you imagine. No, i got you. That makes or sense. Or
2: you know them personally even in those cases. And then okay. something happens that show you along the way and then they and then suddenly You realize, oh wow, you are so sensitive, and I had no idea. And all this time, I thought you were some tough Mm. son of a bitch, but you just had PTSD. Right. And I didn't realize that. You had severe trauma coming up, and you've just been barely hanging on every single day. Barely fucking hanging on. And I just thought you were a tough guy. Right. I confused the rippling muscles in your psyche in the fingers of your psyche that were just barely clinging to the rock face of sanity yep. as being the personality of a tough guy, mm-hmm. you know? And then when you start seeing that, it's that's your universe becomes of far course. more interesting.
1: Of course, because that's the reality, ultimately, you know, when you look at most bullies, when you look at most uh, sexual abusers, when you look at most, like some of the nastiest people out there, in an enormous percentage of the cases, they were usually victims to start with. right. And then it develops. And that, in fact, it brings me, speaking of nuance, you know, it would be, I don't think it's easy, but it would be easy, quote unquote, to make the mental switch for me to be like, I'm just going to be practicing Buddhist compassion all the time and I'll understand where everybody comes from and I'll do that and I'll go for that path. That path makes sense. I get it and I see the advantages of it. I could go the other path of just going, you know, you still watch Game of Thrones or did you give up on it or?
2: Yeah, I finished it. Okay. So
1: like in like the end of uh, the last season when there's Arya Stark finally get her vengeance. Right. And it's like probably the most satisfying moment of the entire Game of Thrones series. Yes. There's that one scene, which is the most badass, hardcore, brutal scene in a lot of ways. And, there's a part of me that also feels very strongly about that and i feel that that also is legitimate and somewhere in between that there's life yeah you know somewhere in between and in some way i don't really want to give up either one of those you don't you have know? to i feel that i think understanding First, understanding people is always good, no matter what, yeah. understanding people's motivation, regardless of what you do after, even mm-hmm. if you decide to go the Arya Stark route and then do nasty things to them, I still want it's wise to see the world through their eyes and understand. And then you have a choice. Like Once you do have the understanding, then you do have a choice on how do I want to act now? Do I want to act in a forgiveness and love kind of way? to try to transform this experience? Do I want to act in a, sorry, motherfucker, you crossed the line. There is no forgiveness and love at this point. or just just me in your throat. Is there, I don't know that I have the answer about the action. I feel that that's a case by case, at least for me. I do think though that the first step, I think that's a safe one, which is regardless of what your action is going to be, That first step of understanding where somebody else is coming from, what is that make them tick? why did they do that? Feel, not just think, feel what they feel. That's always a good first step.
2: Great first step. And you know what? Feel what you feel to start. And that's the practice. And that brings us full circle, the why it's good to sit down and meditate. Because really... Before you can figure out what the fuck some Looney Tunes mm-hmm. is feeling, how about the Looney Tunes that you're riding around inside of? Oh, yes. Start going into that and yep. then, and exploring, like, you know, just, you could do it right now. It's like, how do I really feel? And then if you look at how you really feel, like, whoa, shit, I'm stressed out. Holy fuck. Right. I was just like, oh, wait, is this anxiety that I've been feeling? Is this normal? Right. Is this the? Is this how I just am? Is this a normal state? Why am I ignoring the fact that I yeah. feel like that and then go into that in your practice, yep. and then you'll find that that that's just a, a sort of a skipping part of yourself. It doesn't last. Yep. And then you start. Then, but from that you can establish like, oh, when I'm fucking anxious like this, I do some weird shit. Right. So how much more would a person who's 50 times more anxious than sure. me because for their first 11 years of their life they watch their father put cigarettes out on their fucking dog's back or right. whatever. Yeah. You know like how much more you can st- yeah. you can figure it out. Absolutely. If you're acting crazy cuz you fucking yeah. w- whatever, man, they cancel your, your
1: your internet. Well let me rephrase it then in that case. So let's say you have been through hell and you do manage to come out as a quote-unquote nice person in the way you act right you're gonna act like you have every possible reason to go out and shoot everybody but you decide not to and you actually will carry yourself with kindness yeah is there a point there where you look at somebody else who's going through something that maybe is half as hard as what you went through and there's a you really have no fucking justification. <laughs> you know, if I could pull it off from here, yeah. what the hell is your problem? Right. You like, know? yeah,
2: well, Well. so, but if, I think if you're someone who's healed themselves to that level.
1: You don't feel.
2: You must know pain is pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that even if some, if a person's running around. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm, you've, maybe you've even been guilty of that now. You know, like where sometimes where I'll be like, you have no idea. What right. Waits for you. <laughs> right. You don't even know. Oh, you've suffered. Yeah, I've suffered. You, were you getting like of a course. suffering competition? Yeah, yeah, totally. But then you you realize that um, that uh, from an analysis of suffering, you realize that actually the circumstances that you think are causing the suffering. Are actually just giving you an excuse to express a kind of never ending pain that yeah. comes from being a human. Yeah. And so that means that a person who maybe hasn't had circumstances or conditions to justify the suffering that they're weeping. For example, let's take a baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nobody looks at a screaming baby and is like, really? What are you fucking crying about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you have to cry you, about? You're, you're brand asshole. new. Yeah, you got brand new course. cells. You are, you're being fed and taken care of. You're crying? Yeah. What? Because you dropped a french fry? Right. I had cancer, you little shit. <laughs> no. When the baby's right. crying, you pick the baby up yeah. and you wait for the baby to stop crying. Right. Somewhere...
1: That stops. I see I see what For, you're saying. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a very good analogy right there. Cool. Well, my man, this is excellent. I hope that New York will not be a lesson in suffering, but a lesson in joy. From what I've heard, it's a very peaceful city. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> it's all peace and love. And uh, while you're relaxing. Yeah, that's the key word right yeah. there. So, well. Well, we shall see. Absolutely. I expect you back in three months,
2: but... <laughs> All right! <laughs> You're, you might be right. Cool, my man. Hare thank Thank you. you.
0: Funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Taoist. You know, three months. Seems like it might even be a little much for him. What's it? Oh, Duncan for the
1: three months in New York. Yeah. Who knows? Duncan is an unpredictable wild elf jumping in and out of our consciousness. We cannot quite figure out. No, but he we can wouldn't freak. want to be without him. He's definitely no, he's a awesome. free
0: spirit that sort of uh, likes to shake things up a little bit. Always. No doubt. You know, if you really want to shake things up, you should go to Audible and get yourself an audiobook. Oh, it's time for my book recommendations. Yes. 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 So,
1: yeah, you guys know the drill. If you want to check out audiobooks, and they don't, not just audiobooks, they also have a whole bunch of other radio programs, yeah. speech, all kind of audio entertainment is out there. Yep. If you want to check it out, you can use our code,
0: which is... Uh, you go to audible.com forward slash Taoist, T-A-O-I-S-T, and it'll take you right in and get you invited and get you signed up. And one thing that's nice, if you like Duncan, it might have a little bit of change of heart from time to time. If you get a book and you don't dig it, you can swap it for another one. Exactly, which so, is not a bad deal at all. So anybody who's going to do any sort of commuting, train car you it's more than those. 30 minutes it's just great and you're gonna do it every day but man i don't know i find my reading time seems to be less and less and i think it's because yeah. the internet terribly eats into reading time for sure so no doubt. You get ahead a little bit this way no reason not to so
1: and you can get some 13 hours and 36 minutes of the one and only the master of writing tom robbins even cowgirls got the blues Uh-oh. That's one of the good ones. They don't have a couple of the ones. I'm sure they are going to get them in the future that I love. Still Life with Woodpecker, Jitterbug Perfume, but even Carl Girl of the Blues is a great one. They also have some of his latest Tibetan Peach Pie, Villa Incognito, Half a Sleeping throw Pajamas. Oh, I like this one. Fierce invalids Home from Hot Climates. Crazy title. Who the hell would come up with that? (laughs) Tom Robbins, that's the answer. Who? Um, I love Tom. He has the best. In my mind, he has the best writing of anybody. He just writes like a god. So, well, know, what's great about words. him
0: is how you dig into it, and maybe it'll work better hearing it, but there's some times when I'll go back and have to read a sentence three times because he's yeah. got so many things folded into that sentence. that it's Absolutely. like Just to get that sentence written would be a, a, a heroic uh, deed for most folks, and he just
1: pours it out. Yeah, Tom's idea is that if he gets one good sentence in one day, his work is done. Because he's so careful about every word that it's really like he's crafting these masterpieces in every other word.
0: See? That's the way it should be. He's that's the a man. great author right there. So anyway, go to audible.com forward slash Taoist, T-A-O-I-S-T, and uh, get yourself hooked up and get your read on or your listen
1: on. That's always a good thing. Shall we say thank you to the nice folks who donated?
0: Absolutely. Let the pottering begin.
1: Not that many, because I think we just did an episode we recorded one not so long ago, but still, much appreciated, just the same. Here we go. We have Tim Hammond, Lisa Robles, Hector Lezcano, Ryan Thomas, Jabbar kaji Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you
0: very much, everybody. Uh, Daisy House has a new record, so jump over to uh, Bandcamp.com, forward backslash, Daisy House, and you can get their new record. Those are the kind folks that have done our theme song since the very beginning, pretty much. Yeah, very sweet. So we're always, and and it's a good record. These guys know what they're doing. They're they're getting better at it as they go along, I guess most people do. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Kiva is like $67,000 in donations from your fellow listeners, and you know what? That's just impressive, everybody. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So Kiva, uh and then what else are the our usual thank you? Of course, on it that's Usara and short Design yep. for sponsoring us. Uh we wanna say also, of course, if you shop on Amazon, please use our Amazon link. It helps us a whole lot and doesn't cost you a dime extra. Um anything else you wanna throw out there? Well, those of you guys who are anybody wanna check out my book, Not Afraid. There is uh, people have been asking for an audio version. I recorded it. It's out there. There's a link in the episode notes. If you want to check it out, by all means,
0: hop on and download. And I think that's it, right? I think Duncan has stretched our minds to the point where there's nothing else to discuss today. One thing to discuss. One chocolate. thing to discuss.
1: It's almost Valentine's it Day, Valentine. Kira Kau so time. check out Kura chocolate. The link is in the episode notes and uh, they make some handcrafted, amazing, fine, organic, you name it, the whole deal. Uh, check them out. It may be a new approach to chocolate for you. And with that, you guys have a wonderful day.
0: I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio... Dan can show you the way, huh? Eh? Oh, man, isn't that scary to think? <laughs> nice.
1: So, don't kill people. Do that instead. <laughs> this was great.
0: <laughs> fucking awesome. And I love this caram I
1: have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've, We've been, been having, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, completely got lost are we doing the outro or the intro we're uh, oh we're out okay sorry so that's so let's continue <laughs> did you ever see the movie tombstone with uh, val kilmer and uh, uh, your accent it just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me can you about.
0: translate for me please i believe the word was tombstone yeah that one <laughs> exactly. just as i was saying you
1: know tombstone <laughs> <laughs> what do i have to do one day the rod shall teach you get back to work